Praise the Lord. Well, good evening, everybody. You all having a good Labor Day weekend? I pulled up in church tonight and realized there were a few people having a picnic in the park and was tempted to go sit with them and uh, dine with them and see if I could join the party. But, uh, you know, there's something inviting about sitting together and having a meal. And that's what we're talking about today, come and dine. And really, that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to sit around the table and let the Father feed us uh, some phenomenal, thrilling, uh, you know, uh, delicacies of, of the love of the Lamb. And uh, I, I hope you were encouraged this morning. How many of you were here this morning? Raise your hand high. Good many of you. How many of you were not here? Raise your hand high. Okay, welcome tonight. Delighted you're here. And as it was... Uh, shared uh, and encouraged for each of you to secure the teaching from this morning. I think uh, if you enjoy anything tonight, you'll want to hear everything in context because uh, it'll make your heart happy. You know, a good meal just makes you sit back and say, yeah, come on. I had a good lunch today. Thank you so much for hosting me and your family. I have a new friend named Jack. Jack is the man. Hallelujah. <laughs> what, Jack's how many months old? Four months old. And uh, he's my pal. I was uh, holding him during lunch, and he loves me. I, uh, I, I know it's got to be true. Anyway, God's so good, and uh, I love uh, to sit around a table. We had a, a buffet uh, lunch, my goodness, and I overdid it. I, I proved that uh, I had no self-control at lunch, and sometimes we, all know, we, we need to dive in the same way with, with the spiritual food of God's goodness for us. And that's why you can't be intimidated. You can't disqualify yourself because you don't have to be approved based on yourself. You're approved based on the Lamb. The invitation has come. Jesus said, come and dine. Let's feed. Let's, let's, uh, let's share the love. You know, the love of the Father uh, is the treasure for me. It's what motivates me. It's what stimulates my heart. You saw in the little video. This year, I tell people since I was with you all a year ago, my life's been surprised again. And... Uh, I was here about a year ago, and I just had found, actually, uh, a year ago this, this week, the last week of August, God surprised my spirit with that facility you saw and uh, stirred my spirit to act like I had money and uh, acquire Life Center USA. I've always had a dream to have a center, a campus in America. Now that I'm getting, uh, uh, you know, I have gray hair. Let me just say it that way. I'm a younger, older-looking guy. But anyway... Uh, the older I get, I want to invest in young people. And uh, so all these years, 30 years, 35 years really in ministry, working in missions, I've always wanted to have a campus that can be reflective of what we do in the nations because it's difficult for people to come to Beirut with me. It's, it's scary for people. It's costly for people. Whatever the reasons are, they can't get that much time away. So I wanted to have a place where we can equip people in evangelism and world mission. And so this uh, campus came to my attention a, a year ago this week, and my heart went for it, and it was a bankruptcy. And uh, uh, the bankruptcy court in the San Fernando Valley in Woodland Hills, they said uh, uh, I had till September 11th. I could go to the court on September 11th last year and bid against a developer who had the building locked up. And uh, they said if I won the bid, I could... Uh, I had to perform with all the money in 14 days. And uh, I said, well, what's the bid start at? They said, 2.5 million. And so I said, I will be there. Now, it was crazy. My, 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 my wife looked at me and said, you're nuts. I said, I know, my dear, but you married into this. Hallelujah. <laughs> Our board of directors, they just smile at me, you know, uh, because it, it was insane 
But I started calling some friends and asked if anybody had money that they weren't making a lot of profit on and I could have for like 90 days and I'd pay it back with interest. And I started getting some people who invested their, their money in a dream for the kingdom. Anyway, on September 6th, that uh, deal that the investors had fell apart and they pulled out. And so they asked if I would show up on September 11th and take it for that price. And I said, no, because I needed time for God to work. So what I did is renegotiated the deal and got it for $150,000 less. But we were really uh, troubled at the time because the Muslims up in the valley are getting stronger and having mosque. A group of Muslims wanted to have this campus for a mosque. And so I had to show up at the court on November 6th. And I stood before the judge. The, the courthouse was packed. And uh, we secured the building. And then I let the, the judge gave me 30 days to perform with $2.35 million. And uh, by the grace of God, we got, we got the money, uh, which was an amazing story. And then I got a permanent loan in place, and I paid everybody back. Hallelujah. Now I just owe the bank. Lord, help me. Hallelujah. But anyway, uh, it happened, and we've just built the place out. Uh, it's amazing. We dedicated it uh, August 8th. And uh, so anytime you're up in the San Fernando Valley, call me, email me. I'd love to show you the campus. And it's... it's it's been the most difficult challenge of my life. But you know, God's faithful. He's faithful. And I would rather have a dream. I would rather have something in my heart that moves me than, than uh, not to have my heart uh, feel the thrill of the love of the Father. And what's happening now in that campus is just amazing. Uh, uh, the, the, the access we have into the hearts and the lives of the people is just very, very beautiful. And so we'll keep you posted about how it continues to, to develop it. I just want to say thanks again for being planted in this uh, great church. Um, if you didn't get the magazine, it's back there called Nations, uh, highlighting the 30 years of ministry. And, of course, a picture of the uh, Life Center USA campus is in the center of that magazine. So make sure uh, you pick one up and pray with us and pray for us. Hallelujah. Well, I, I've got uh, something now tonight. Uh, I know this is healing school, so... I think the meal that the Father serves at the table will always reveal not only your position before the Father as righteous, but it reveals the wholeness that you have in Him, physical wholeness, mental wholeness. Remember, one of the things I taught you this morning, the key for you to be free in terms of your understanding of yourself before the Father is to really be divorced from knowing yourself according to the flesh because you're just never good enough. You're good enough based on the work of one through your redeemed spirit. So that's why we talked about the passage in 2 Corinthians 5, to know no one according to the flesh, not even Jesus Christ. And that's why when I talk to you, what the Father wants you to feed on is not necessarily the life of Jesus. He wants you to be thrilled with the death of Jesus because you're safe in the death of Jesus. You're secured eternally through the, through the cross. And so the life of Jesus shows you that God is good to you. The death of Jesus shows you that you are good to God. And the beautiful thing, what anchors your life and what anchors your wholeness, the well-being of your soul, and many times just the, the vibrancy of your physical body is, is the thrill of the feeding of the lamb because it heals you. It's the meal that will heal and it's the meal that will reveal really your, 
redeemed innocence before the Father and your wholeness that you have because of what the Lamb has done. Sometimes I think when people are trying to get healed or trying to get fixed or trying to have a relationship work or a marriage work or whatever, we're, we're always focusing on, on, on ourselves uh, from the fleshly point of view in, in not understanding what Jesus has done to make it all right and to make it all good. And sometimes, you know, people put a lot of pressure on themselves uh, to, to receive, but really this should be just something that you digest. It should just be something you, 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 you feed on and you digest it and say, yes, you swallow it. No, I told you that the love of, the, the love of God in Christ is really hard to swallow. Because it's overwhelmingly good news. And, and natural men don't get it. They think it's foolishness. See, natural people think, how can you be good to God when you're such a rascal? Hmm? But you're not good to God based on you. You're good to God based on the one you're in. You are in him. You are in Christ. And Jesus now is God's opinion of you. And, and, and that worldview now can shape you and change you. And as you awake to righteousness, you're going to exhibit the fruits of righteousness among men. But the important thing is letting your position before the Father be constantly reinforced in your soul. Because it will affect your body. It will affect your soul, your depression level. You know, a lot of times people's addictions... And challenges with, with uh, whatever they are, food challenges, alcohol, drugs, whatever, whatever, whatever comforts that we try to get, it's, it's, to, it's to release us from the guilt and shame that we have in ourselves because of ourselves. And the only way I know how to fix me is get out of the equation and step into Christ and take the invitation to come and dine and let the Father feed me and thrill me with the love of the Lamb. So let me just highlight a couple of things and then we're going to kind of take this a little bit in a different way. You know, I told you Jesus gave you the invitation to come and dine. So, you know, you have no excuse except you just don't have confidence in the character of the Father. If you don't know God is love at his very core, at his very nature, you'll, you'll have no confidence to be in his company. You know, I just, uh, they have a little green room here, and I went back, had a little water, and got some my thoughts together and things, and I looked in one of the kids' rooms. It says, God is love. I said, yes, and amen. That has to anchor your life with the Father. Otherwise, you'll always stay at a distance because you think it's all up to you. Thank God it's not. And the more free you become in the love of the Father, the more that will thrill you. And then you can see others through the same Passage. So Jesus said, come and dine to his disciples. We talked when Jesus uh, met with his disciples. He gave a, the revelation. Their eyes were open, not through talking about his life, but bring, bringing a revelation of his death. And when he broke bread, when he had communion, their eyes were open. They knew it was the Lord. So the thrill comes with knowing Jesus according to the cross. So let's go back real quick to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because this is really worth, worth repeating. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is going to anchor what I want to talk to you about tonight. Let's just read it again to get us all on the same page. And uh, while you're turning there, let's just pray and pray for this spiritual meal tonight. Father, thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for this great place. 
Foothill Family Church. Thank you, Father, for Pastor Mike and Beth, the whole leadership team here. Thank you for every family you've planted in this place and those who have rallied tonight. Come out tonight on this holiday weekend to receive of your love. Let your healing grace, your healing balm just cover us tonight. From the inside to the outside. Help us to understand there is nothing too hard for the Lord. Absolutely nothing. And so, Father, we receive of your love tonight. We receive of healing and wholeness and well-being. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, this is what Paul says. And Jesus died for all that those who, sh- who live should no longer live for themselves. See, the death of Jesus delivers you from you. Those who are still self-serving in living for themselves don't have the cross in their equation near enough because you're you're free from that addiction of self-sufficiency. See, our sufficiency is of God. Like a lot of times people ask me in our mission work or even like just in the acquisition of Life Center USA, Keith, how do you do that? I say, I really don't know because it has nothing to do with my sufficiency. None. I have absolutely nothing to make a deal work. Nothing. But it's something the love of God uh, propels in my spirit. And I, I, I just am simple enough to cooperate. And then God arranges favor. And am I nervous through the process? Extremely. Am I nervous now? Absolutely. Periodically, when I think about things in the flesh, it's overwhelming. It's like working in the Middle East. People say, you ever get nervous over there? Absolutely. Absolutely. In the flesh, that's why I can't look at things according to the flesh. You've got to look at everything according to your redeemed spirit. So it goes on to say, uh, you no longer live for yourself, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, verse 16, because of the death and the risenness of Jesus Christ from now on, we know no one or regard no one according to the flesh. See, the only way you can judge somebody is to know them according to the flesh. The only way you disqualify somebody in your spiritual language is to know people according to the flesh. You make them qualify for a righteous position. But righteousness is by faith alone. It's Jesus plus nothing, and you get the whole boatload of everything. It's absolutely amazing. It makes no sense to the human mind. That's why it's dramatic love. So it says, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Now, that's going to take judgment out of your equation. So you see them not according to the flesh. You receive them. You see them according to the cross. You see them according to the redeemed innocence. And this is the way I preach to people wherever I'm at around the world, in the Middle East. When I, when I have the, you always know, saw the, some of the pictures of the Middle East Life Center, and it's packed with Syrian refugees. Hundreds of them are in there. You know, I don't tell them what's wrong with them. I don't, I don't say one negative thing about their religion or cultural, or anything, or politics. I welcome them, and I see them according to the cross. And I announce to them the redeemed innocence. You know what they do? They listen with big ears and a big heart and say, you've got to be kidding. And then you know what you do when you tell them to believe and receive in the death and the risenness of Jesus Christ? They absolutely respond in tears. It's amazing. The way I have found to reach people is not to disqualify them, but to show them their true identity through the Lamb. It shocks them. And then that love of God can change their worldview, change their thinking. They repent. 
and they put their faith in Jesus so they can grow and be nurtured in his love and in his word. So it goes on to say, we know no one according to the flesh, even though now we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. See, you're not even to know Jesus according to the flesh. You're to know him according to the cross. You're to know Jesus according to his death. In the new covenant, the revelation Paul has, that's why Paul, in his writing, he said he didn't consult with nobody. He didn't ask Peter his opinion or any of the original 12. He got alone in a desert for about three years, and the spirit of grace downloaded the revelation of Jesus according to the death. That's why he says, I choose to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's why the new covenant is thrilling. Because it sees Jesus according to the death who pre-approved the human race before the Father. If we can have faith to believe it, we walk in the revelation of it. We accept the reality of his goodness and grace and his redemption. Jesus has become everything you'll ever need. Jesus is your wisdom. Jesus is your righteousness. You're not your own. Jesus is your holiness. He's your sanctification. You're not your own. Jesus is your redemption. And when you have the revelation of it, now you can walk it out. You can walk holiness out. You can walk all these wonderful things out. The wisdom out. The redemption out. The righteousness out. But it, but it comes first by believing and receiving. And now you know you possess it through the love of the Lamb. Now you live it out. It, you, you, don't, you don't do it to qualify to get it. You get it by faith and live it out. And so... Paul says, we don't even know Jesus like this anymore. Then it says in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. That's the Bible verse we all know by heart. But see, most of us don't know the preceding verses to this. Most of us just quote the verse, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things are new. Well, it's based on the therefore, the previous verses, which talks about the death and the risenness of Jesus and not knowing him or yourself according to your flesh. The only way I know I'm a new creation is not to know myself according to the flesh because I'm not perfect. As long as I got this earth suit, I'll never be perfect. So the only way I know I'm a new creation is according to the revelation of the cross, knowing Jesus and what he's done and knowing my spirit has been recreated in righteousness and true holiness. Not knowing myself according to the flesh, but a knowing myself according to my redeemed innocence what God has done for me in Christ. Look at it, it says now in verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and he's given to us a ministry of reconciliation. No, no, notice that our ministry that we have is not a ministry of condemnation. It's a ministry of reconciliation. The Bible says, you know, we know John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus had no ministry of condemnation. Jesus had a ministry to announce people's reconciliation before the Father through his one magnificent work, the cross. So that's the ministry we've been given. We announce to people, you're redeemed. Receive the love of God in Christ. You tell people God's view of them. See, most of us in this earth-trapped environment, we only relate to people according to the flesh. That's why we so, you know, struggle with one another. Because we're all different. We have different personalities. We have different views on things, different whatever. And so we try to make everybody be just the same, you know. 
and, 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 and then we get frustrated with each other. But we're to announce the revelation of people's reconciliation. And how do they get it? You tell them, come to the table. The Father wants to thrill you with the love of the Lamb. And what the Father will show you is his worldview of you through Jesus Christ. You'll be astonished. You'll be astonished. It's the meal that will heal. It will thrill your soul because it's hard to swallow it. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. How can God see me good to him when I'm such a terrible person, when I've had such a bad day, when I've had such terrible thoughts, when I've said such bad things? Now, I know none of you are like that here because you all are so wonderful. But see, I struggle in this, this house of flesh. I have real, 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 real struggles in life. In the places I work, I get, I get frustrated. Words can't describe it. But I'm learning to see everybody <laughs> not according to the flesh, including family members. Everybody just look straight ahead right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see people according to the redeemed. It's the only way you're going to get along. I love my wife, Heidi, according to her redeemed spirit. Because Heidi and I are as different as night is it from day. That's not a cut. That's just a reality. We have different motivational gifts. We have different personalities. We have different worldview experiences. We go about things differently. So if I had to love her according to her flesh, or if she had to love me according to my flesh, <laughs> we probably would have a rough ride. Or a rougher ride. But if you see somebody, I'm preaching good right now. If you see somebody according to the redeemed innocence, that's the way you love somebody. That's the way you love your son or your daughter that gets on your nerves. That's the way you love your grandkids. That's the way you love your daughter-in-laws and your son-in-laws and your Everybody, the outlaws. That's the way you, you, you see everybody. What I'm preaching, you got to do by faith because your flesh will fight you. You know what your flesh wants to do? Retaliate. No wonder we're so sick. No wonder we're so troubled in our mind. We're ticked off at everybody because we think they got to just fit in exactly like us. But we're to have a ministry of reconciliation. So it goes on in verse 18. All things are of God who's reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you, do, do you believe that? Can you swallow that? God has reconciled all things to himself through Jesus Christ. Can you swallow it? From his worldview, from his opinion... He sees everybody through the love of the Lamb. Now, we don't because we say, no, no, <laughs> these people can't be reconciled. These people, because they, 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 they're, they're such sinners. We're seeing people according to the flesh. But God's worldview, he sees them through the love of the Lamb. And he wants somebody to announce their redeemed innocence so faith can rise in their heart and say, wow, count me in. Let me sit at the table you got to see your world differently if you're going to do this. Otherwise, listen, if, if I can't preach the gospel by seeing people from God's point of view through the love of the Lamb, there's, 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 no, sense, there's no sense in me preaching to anybody, really. 
because I could be very rude. <laughs> I can be very mean. None of you can be, though. That's why I like you all so much. Look, it goes on to say now in verse 18, he's given to us this ministry of reconciliation. That, here's the ministry now. It's described, verse 19. That is, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing, that's an accounting term, mean, meaning counting, not counting or adding up their trespasses to them. And he's committed to us this word of reconciliation. See, I like to tell people, when you sit at the table and feast on the love of the Lamb, the Father's going to pile it on high and deep. And what the Father's going to tell you, God's got nothing on you. And you think to yourself, well, before I came to the table, I had such bad thoughts. I did such bad things. I was in the traffic. I did this. I did a deal that was just a little shady or whatever. huh? I should have did this different. I was mean to that person. I could have helped this older person. I could have given here... Your mind ever worked that way and you're sitting there and you're feeling condemned because because you think it's all up to you. But you know what? The Father says, got nothing on you. Everything that was wrong with you, he put on Jesus Christ. Now, if if you can digest it, it will change the way you live. It will change the way you you, you operate. But you, you have to believe that it's true that what he said... He's reconciled the world to himself, not counting their trespasses to them. Verse 20, now then we're ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Think about this, that God himself would declare something to you. This is why I like to shock the good old boys of the world, because every time people hear you're a preacher, they get nervous, you know. I I find this a lot when on an airplane or, you know, in a restaurant or, you know, conversations in life, on a golf course, you know, people get around 7th, 8th, ninth. hey, what do you do? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a preacher. Suddenly, everybody's nervous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they've been cussing, they've been telling dirty stories, they've been doing whatever, whatever the world does, and they do it very well, right? And so suddenly, because they didn't have one bit of condemnation from me, now they're stunned. Now they're nervous. Oh, we're so sorry for the way we've been. Hey, yeah, I got nothing on you. Say, by the way, God's got nothing on you either. You're good to God because of the lamb. You just should accept it and accept his love and changes everything about your life. You know, they, they, they get nervous. Religious talk, huh? No, what you're trying to do is have somebody feed on the love of the lamb. So it goes on to say, we're ambassadors for Christ. So God, we're pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. For he made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us. Wow, it's astonishing. Can you swallow that? That we might be made or we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Friend, I really, I, I really believe the thrill the Father wants you to know is the, 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 the revelation of your acceptance before the Father. We, we read uh, this morning how Jesus preached that message, you know, in John chapter 6, about feeding on his flesh and drinking his blood, and he lost the whole church. Remember, after that teaching, you can read it. He said, unless you eat my flesh, unless you drink my blood, you got no life in you. Remember that? They said, ooh, man, let's get out of here. This guy's nuts. So when the crowd left, Jesus turned to the disciples. Remember, he said, you guys going to split too? 
And Peter piped up. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. You got the words of life. We're hanging on. Jesus had those disciples were there. They lost it. See, people don't like their, their only sufficiency to be the lamb. We, we still trust ourselves for everything, even for our righteousness. We trust ourselves for our healing. We, we get equations. Well, if I say this enough, if I do this enough, if I whatever enough, if I don't have a bad thought, if I don't have a bad dream that, uh, you know, whatever, then, then, then I'll get my, no, 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 no. Get yourself out of the equation. Just sit at the table. Just sit at the table. Say, wow, it's a new day. Awesome. And feast and feed on the love of the Lamb. That's why I tell you, I, when, when I'm home, whew, I always feed on the love of the Lamb. With my wife, when we're discouraged, when fear grips us, the best way I preach is get out the, the wine, the juice, and get out the bread. Say, come on, sweetie, here we go again. It's the best day of your life. We're well, we're strong, our minds are strong. We have the peace of God. We have full supply. And I feed. Later in the day, I'll do it again. I'll do it at night. I'll do it in the middle of the night. I'll feed. If I'm sick physically, you know what I do a lot? I just feed. I don't worry about a thousand confessions. And I confess the word. I have things that muddle through my, my mind and I decree them. When I'm lying down, when I'm rising up, I, I decree things about the beauty of, but it's all about the death in my inclusion in it that, that covers me in my wholeness. So I'll announce them to myself. Sometimes I'll verbalize them out loud, but, but, but I'm not addicted to the methodology. What I want is to digest the love of the Lamb. Because it's the love of the Lamb that keeps working. That's how you partake worthily. You take yourself out of the equation and judge what He's done. You make a decision based on what He's done that's good for you. That's how you partake worthily. And that's the beauty of the love of God in Christ. Hallelujah. So I just want to encourage you to keep feeding on the love of the Lamb. And uh, know that when you do that, everything about your life works, works very well. Let's, let's get to where I ended this morning. Go, go with me to Acts 10. Are you all still glad you're here? Look at this, precious ones. Acts chapter 10. I told you that, uh, you know, when, 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 the, when the plate is passed on the love of the Father, a lot of it is presented in a way that's hard to swallow. You know, just little statements that I made that your position before the Father has got nothing to do with you. It's like, it's It's shocking. It has to do with the lamb. Your goodness before God is Jesus. It's not you. Faith moved you out of yourself into himself. You are in him and you are complete. You lack nothing. But to say things like that, it sounds like, whoa. It's uncomfortable because we like to trust ourselves. But like I said, it's Jesus plus nothing. And you get everything. And so your mind, as long as you're in your earth suit, will always be going through a transformation you're going to be transformed. You see, Paul said it this way. The more you behold him, the more you become like him. You're transformed into the very image of who he is as long as you're beholding. So that's why every time you're feeding on the Father's love, you're at the Father's table. 
and everything he's going to serve you is not going to have anything to do with you qualifying. It's going to have to do with the lamb qualifying you. You are pre-approved. You're pre-approved. Actually, in the new covenant, it's not even based on your obedience. The new covenant is based between the Father and Jesus. You're in the covenant by faith in the Lamb. That's a covenant that cannot break, cannot be. There's no weak link because you're not in it. That's what's comforting. Jesus is your Savior from start to finish. And when you feed on it, it's the only thing that keeps you strong in tough times. It's the only thing that keeps you strong when the world makes no sense and when you think your life makes no sense. It's the love of the Lamb. So I was telling you that uh, as long as you're in your physical body, <laughs> the Father's always going to unveil something to you that's going to, you're going to look at it and say, you've got to be kidding me. Can it really be? And he'll keep passing that plate until you taste it. And when you taste and see that the Lord is good, it's, it's astonishing. Because it makes no sense to our merit-based world. The kingdom is all unmerited-based. Your salvation is grace-based. It's not, it's grace-faith-based. It's not, it's not based on your work, your effort, your qualification. So I was telling you and finishing this morning with the whole concept that Peter, the apostle, Acts 2, he was there for the day of Pentecost. He received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He spoke in other tongues and he stood and preached about the death and the risenness of Jesus. And many people said, yeah, sign me up for that. That sounds good. I'm in. 3,000. Folks said yes to it, right? But Peter did not have perfect theology. And so I believe that the father tried to feed Peter the love of the lamb in his religious worldview that was anchored in an old system. But he couldn't break out of old way of thinking. See, people who are addicted to the old system have to be addicted to themselves to a degree. Because the old system can only work based on your perfect performance in it. See, the blessing that you get is only if you can do all that's written therein. And if you think you can do it all, have at it. But nobody could do it all except the one, Jesus the Christ. So Jesus set up a different system that's based on his obedience, not your obedience. So what happened is Peter was so addicted to himself in the old system that he didn't understand the new covenant that Paul was getting a revelation on independent, independent of people's opinions who knew Jesus according to the flesh. Paul got a revelation that had nothing to do with knowing Jesus according to the flesh. Had to do with knowing Jesus according to the cross. And so what's interesting here, since Peter couldn't get it while he was conscious about the revelation of the inclusive love of the Father, you, you know what God said? said, okay, cool, I'll sedate you. If you can't get it while you're conscious, I'll help you get it while you're unconscious. And then we went through the story, right in Acts 10, how Peter went up to the house stop to pray. He was waiting for lunch, remember that? And he fell into a trance. And there was a heavenly picnic. Remember, the, <laughs> the sheet was let down with all kinds of wild beasts and animals and creepy crawlers and whatever. 
And the voice of God said to Peter, rise, kill and eat. Now, God gave him an invitation at a table, but Peter couldn't swallow it. So he passed the plate. He said, not so, Lord. I'm such a righteous brother. I'll never eat anything that's common or unclean. And the father said in response, what God has cleaned, don't call dirty or don't call common. See, God's worldview through the vision of the heavenly picnic was to show a picture of the lamb, that the lamb has qualified the whole human race and reconciled all things unto himself from God's opinion. Peter couldn't get it. So the father said, okay, if you're going to pass the plate, I'll keep you sedated. And I'll pass the plate again. So he passed the plate again. Peter said, not so, Lord. I'm living according to the law. I'm righteous according to the law. I cannot have nothing to do with this kind of nonsense. But I said, okay, cool. We'll pass the plate again. See, I believe that, that us knowing people according to the flesh shut so many doors to the hearts of people to bring the revelation of who they are through the worldview of the Father. And that's what people know, need to know. The pe- people need to know the Father's worldview of them. That, that's what gives you confidence in God who's love, that he's made a way through the Son, the only begotten Son, to provide everything. It's magnificent. And so we... we uh, Let's just pick this story up. This is kind of cool. Let's go to verse, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 17. Look at it, it says. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. Now, think about this. Peter is awakened from an unconscious state to a conscious state, and he's thinking about what does this meal mean? What does does the meal mean to you? What does the body of the lamb and the blood of the lamb mean to you? See, if it means your wholeness, then just feed on it. Tell yourself the truth of your reconciled state before the Father and your healed state before the Father. Just tell yourself the truth. And feed on it. Eat on it. Tell yourself the truth. The, the, the nutrients that your faith equips you with through the feeding of the meal is enough for your full healing. It, it doesn't, you know, the thing, about, the thing about even if I'm discouraged or overwhelmed or under a lot of pressure, the, the thing the meal does is it, is it just sustains you and, and, and brings a growing uh, uh, revelation of, of what the Father has done, what the Father has provided, and he brings it to pass. It's not always an instantaneous healing or an instantaneous thing. And I, I, don't, I don't even, you know, I, I just like the thought that my focus is not on me, it's not on my hurt, it's not on my pain, it's on the Lamb. And, and that's the most helpful thing I can ever tell anybody. Get your, get your eyes off yourself. Just live unto him who rose again and say, please pass the potatoes. Pass the lamb, pass the wine, pass the blood, pass the body, pass the bread, 
And keep reminding yourself of your inclusion in the death of Jesus. So it's interesting. Peter was wondering now and thinking about this. And the Spirit quickened him here in the next couple of verses. The Spirit said to him, you know, arise, doubt nothing, and go. For I've sent them down in, in verse 29. So then it goes on to say that they have a conversation. Look at it says in verse 28. So now Peter's meeting with these Gentile folk. Now remember, he's a Jewish guy with a Jewish covenant that was exclusive. It, it, it wasn't welcoming to the Gentile. It was exclusive. But the new covenant is inclusive. We read it. It's for the whole wide world. The Father reconciled all things through Jesus Christ. Everyone, everywhere is good to God because of the Lamb. If they can believe it, they'll live out the reality of it as a new creation. In this life and the life that is to come. It comes by faith. Somebody's got to announce the news. That's why I go. That's why I thank God people send me. Because it has to be revealed where a light comes on and people are astonished and say, you got to be kidding. That's the cry of every human heart, to know the good to God. Because that's what plagues the minds of people. No wonder the world is full of such good work uh, types, you know. Everybody's trying to qualify. I did this, I did that, I was a good person. Listen, you can't qualify based on yourself. You're qualified based on the Lamb. Now, look at this. This is kind of interesting. So Peter has a conversation with all of them. Look at he says now in verse 28. Peter said to them, you know how it was unlawful for a Jewish man to keep company or go into another nation with, with, or to keep company with one of them. Now, isn't that a pretty, pretty strong? Peter says, it was illegal for me in my Jewish religion, according to the first covenant, to even have fellowship with you losers. Because you're not like me. Pretty strong stuff. But he announces where his heart was. But, look at it, it says, God has shown me that I should not call any man dirty. Anyone. Now, how can you do that? The only way you don't call somebody dirty is not to know them according to the flesh. You know them according to the redeemed innocence. You know, I've had so many people around the world, you know, people in ministry, People have lots of pains, you know, secrets, shame. And I tell you, they come to me after I, they hear me teach. And they tell me the most <laughs> horrifying stories. And you know what I do? I hug them. Tell them I don't know them according to their flesh. And they weep and weep and weep and weep. I say, I know you as God knows you. Jesus is God's opinion of you, and Jesus is my opinion of you. They weep and weep and weep, get delivered, marriage is restored, wholesome health. It's amazing. Y'all having a good time? Look at this. God has shown me I should not call anybody common or unclean or dirty. What God's claims, you can only do it from God's perspective. You can only see that from God's point of view. You can't see it based on a merit-based system because everybody's dirty. Every last one of us are filthy dogs, you know. According to righteousness before the Father, we're all dirty. 
The only way you see yourself clean is not to know yourself according to your flesh or according to your past, you know, whatever your failure was here in the last week. Maybe you've never had any. I have. Man, I've gotten so angry this week. It's amazing. And I'm a nice guy. I'm a gospel preacher. But I tell you, life has challenges that just try to squeeze at you. And that devil comes to steal the word. He plants all kinds of confusion and chaos, frustration and pain and havoc. And I tell you, if you, if you stay trapped in that world, it'll suck you in. You'll go off on people. This is why I'm trying to practice what I preach. It's very hard. Maybe I should preach something else. Hallelujah. That could be just a little bit easier. Maybe I could just preach something where I, I can just be judgmental to everybody. Say, you lying, good for nothing, crooks. No, don't do that. I, I love to have my heart so infected with the love of the Lamb. It grips me. It's why I'm in the ministry. To announce to people their redeemed state and that they're whole, they're well, they're healed. Just come and die. So look at it says, are we still in the story? I've cried so much I may need reading glasses to see my Bible. <laughs> I'm going to get a Bible with bigger print soon. So uh, they came and requested uh, help. Look at it says in verse 34. Peter opened his mouth to, to this people he, he, you know, the day before wouldn't have company with and call them losers. But now he ate a meal from the father that was all about the lamb. It was all about the finished work. The finished work thrills you. That'll change your opinion quicker than anything. So now Peter opened his mouth, verse 34. He said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, in every nation, in every nation, in every nation, whoever fears God and works righteousness is accepted by him. Let me ask you a question. Is that actually what God said? Do you have to work righteousness to be accepted? Do you have to fear God to be accepted? We read Jesus' words this morning. All you have to do is feed and you're accepted. It, it takes a lot to shift your mind. Now, Peter got it right in a couple chapters later in Jerusalem. You can read it in Acts 15. But see, Peter's now, the earlier verse we read, he's perceiving in his mind from his sedated place, how in the world can this be? I can't swallow this hook, line, and sinker that you're good to God just by simple faith. You have to work righteousness, and if you fear God enough, then you're accepted. No. You're accepted through the work of one, Jesus Christ. And then you'll work righteousness, and then you fear the Lord. Walk in the fear of the Lord but it's not to be accepted. And it's amazing to me how many, many times in our lives we make everybody qualify to prove they're saved. For example, in the Middle East, 
I wish I had a picture. I, I, I need to have my son uh, give me this picture that I can take to churches. A young lady, she must be 20, a Muslim, came as a refugee from Syria with all the war and the ISIS. We, we're, we're inundated. I don't know how to describe it. This lady's really lovely. And she would sit with me in our meetings in the, in the big auditorium and sing and praise the Lord. And so our team leader came to me and said, you know, we're discipling this, this young lady. She really loves the Lord. But she keeps her Muslim head gear on and her Muslim dress on just because she's culturally trying to digest how to do this and share with her family. Do you know how many Westerners would come to our campus? Because now she sits sometimes as a reception person at the medical clinic. Because all Muslims would come anyway. And uh, <laughs> she's there as a believer. But she's robed in her Muslim. You know how many Westerners from, from wonderful, loving Churches would go and condemn her and say she's not saved because they're knowing her according to her flesh in her what she wears. Just like we do that in our culture a lot of times. We see people the way they dress or what they have, you know, whatever their jewelry or their lifestyle of whatever is, you know, and some of it's pretty lovely, you know, and it's uh, different, but in, we, we make judgments. That's why I told you that story about my grandpa this morning. Did, how many remember that story of my grandpa, huh? My grandpa... God got him with a main meal on the love of the Father while he was sedated. Awesome. And lifted him up out of his bedridden state. Oh, 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 oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Became a believer in a place where he couldn't get it with a conscious mind. Because he's too mad at me. Can you swallow that? Or is that just too much of a loving God for you? <laughs> that's why I show you this, this pattern in the scripture. And that's why I love it so much. Because this passage we're talking about is from 2 to 10 years after Acts 2, the day of Pentecost. That shows you how patient God is in patient and long-suffering with us who are hard-headed and judgmental to everyone and everything. So it took Peter all this time to change his worldview. And God can't get it to him while he's conscious. He said, okay, I get it to you while you're unconscious. And I'll keep you down until you nibble on it. And then he comes up and he says, I perceive God's no respecter of persons. Everyone everywhere can be accepted of him. I love to tell people whether you know it or not, or whether you believe it or not, or whether you like it or not, God loves you completely. And there's nothing you can do to change it. You can't out-sin the love of the Father. The love of God will grip your heart. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. I've seen this with a, a lot of my uh, extended family members. You know, I don't come from a perfect family tree. Do you? I don't come from perfect genealogy. My, my family tree, Heidi's family tree, pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. 
And you know what? We're finding the love of God's good enough for everyone everywhere. And we're announcing it. When you take time and, and feed on the love of the Lamb, it changes you. Peter was restored by this kind of meal. Peter was restored with this kind of meal. Zacchaeus was forgiven and reconciled through that kind of meal. Now think about Zach. Boy, what a good crook. A professional crook. Ripping everybody off. And make you want to just get mad and whack somebody. Jesus never condemned him. It's amazing to me. I would have said, you lying, good for nothing crook. Give me my money back. Jesus didn't. Jesus had a meal with him. Showed him his redeemed innocence and just the presence of love and acceptance brought transformation. Changed his whole equation about life and it made him a giver no longer living for himself. A big time giver. He was going to give big time based on everybody he was ripping off. I love, uh, I love to dine on the Father's love. My encouragement for you is to take communion every day for this week. Start your day. Just get some grape juice or something. Get some bread. Just say, I'm good to God because the Lamb. Tell your wife she's good to God and see her according to her redeemed spirit, not according to her flesh. And wives, see your husband the same way. You're going to like him a lot better because you're going to see them through the finished work of Jesus. And that's the only way your wife can change or your husband can change. That's the only way you can change. But you have an invitation. John Wesley, who wrote a lot of great hymns, or Charles Wesley, I should say, wrote a great song called Come Sinners to the Gospel Feast. He wrote this song in 1747. Now, think about the lyrics. This is why I love a lot of the old hymns, because the lyrics are about the lamb. But think about this. Listen to this. Here's the lyrics of this song. Come, sinners, to the gospel feast. Let every soul be Jesus' guest. You need not one be left behind, for God hath bid all humankind. See, everyone everywhere is accepted. All you've got to do to tell people, hey, have a, have a chair. Have a chair. You're good to God because of the Lamb. Here's another verse. Come, all you souls by sin oppressed, you restless wanderers after rest, you poor and maimed and sick and blind in Christ, a hearty welcome find. Come and partake the gospel feast, be saved from sin in Jesus' rest. Oh, taste the goodness of your God and eat his flesh and drink his blood. You vagrant souls, on you I call, Oh, that my voice could reach you all. You all may now be justified. You all may live for Christ has died. Can you swallow that? Can, can, can you believe that? This, 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 this hymn's got so many, so many verses. Somebody told me like he wrote like one hymn a day or something. This guy was amazing. Here's, here's some, some stanzas that are pretty, pretty wild. Sinners, my gracious Lord receives, harlots, and publicans and thieves. Drunkards and all hellish crew, I have a message now for you. The worst unto my supper press, monsters of daring wickedness. Tell them my grace 
is for all is free. They cannot be too bad for me. Do you believe that? The only way you can believe that, the only way, is not to know anyone according to the flesh. And that's why I believe our position in Christ is the most beautiful message for the human mind. You, 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 you see yourself before the Father in redeemed innocence. And it's your only hope. It's my only hope. And I love it. I love it. It's all him. I love it. That's what Paul told Timothy. In Jesus Christ, you have the faith of God. In Jesus Christ, you have the love of God. In Jesus Christ, in him, you have the grace of God. You have it all in him. It's your possession. In him, you have healing. You have wholeness. Did you like the word tonight? Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Praise the Lord. Put your hands on your heart. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, these are your kids. Now, I bless them now because we fed on the love of the Father in Christ Jesus. I pray for healing tonight because I know this is a healing service. This is healing school. And Father God, sometimes it's good when we lay hands on people. Sometimes it's just good when we just sit and feed. Sometimes our soul has total rest when we have to do nothing except just, just, just believe. Just take another bite and just believe. Father, I ask that you give the people tonight with any point of pain in their physical body or in their soul or in their mind, in their emotion, I ask you give every person in this place peace. Perfect peace. Let them not be nervous about nothing. Jesus, you're Lord of all. Jesus, you are our healing, you are our hope, you are our life, you are our health, you are our strength, you are our sufficiency. And so I speak healing over you, friend, right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the bread of God, the blood of Jesus Christ, the lamb himself is your full supply. Father God, for those who need breakthroughs in different areas of life, maybe it's business, maybe it's just, just relationships. Father, help us see each other according to our redeemed innocence so we can get into another day without being overwhelmed. Father, teach us of your love and grace and mercy. Thank you that fruits of righteousness, fruit, the fruit of righteousness becomes evident as we just keep resting in your love and cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Our obedience is just to cooperate, Jesus, with the work that you've done and say yes and amen to it. Father, just like Peter got up out of a sedated place, it motivated him to share the love of people being redeemed and reconciled as they were. They didn't have to pre-approve. They just had to believe and receive. And they were filled with the Spirit, just like those on the day of Pentecost. It wasn't complicated, Father. It was just knowing the love of the Father in Christ Jesus. Father, mend people in every way. Father, I just pray even in issues of relationships. Father, even for the own complications of my world. Father, I just pray healing in the lives of people that have such pain and heartache. 
Lord Jesus, help us to all make good decisions to cooperate. Help us not to be lone rangers and be so self-sufficient or be so spiritually pious that we never need help, hope, or encouragement. Father, let your love saturate us tonight. I ask that you give the people in this place sweet sleep tonight, that they have a most refreshing Labor Day, that they feed on your love throughout this week, and that you mark their lives dramatically with your goodness and grace. Father, I pray for Pastor Mike and Beth. I pray that you refresh their lives as they're on vacation. Thank you for them, their leadership, their ministry, their family. Thank you for this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful church. Father, we give you praise tonight for what you have done in our midst. In Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. You know, I was so blessed uh, every time I come. Uh, people are kind to talk to me and things. And, uh, and I'm always uh, accessible. I, I, that's just my personality, wherever I am. But I heard some great testimonies this morning. It so thrilled my heart about people who've just been healed and redeemed from other times I've been here and heard a story about a young man so far, so hard, so hard, so hard, so hard away from God. And how the teaching of being loved that I taught a couple years ago here, he finally had confidence to listen to it again and again and changed his life. And it was like a miracle, you know, and now he's serving the Lord and it's beautiful. You know, that's why I don't, don't, uh, Anytime there's a healing meeting or praying for the sick or shaking hands and praying for somebody, it doesn't have to be a public thing, but just a, a de declaration. Don't, 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 don't qualify anything, whether you get anything, based on the moment. Just, just, just keep feeding. Just keep feeding on the lamb and announce the truth of God's work in Christ for you, for your physical well-being and for your mental state. Heidi and I do that all the time over ourselves, over our kids, over our grandkids. Because sometimes, you know, life's so full of pain, people make harsh decisions and they don't always interpret, that, interpret the circumstances correctly and it brings, brings a lot of challenge and pain. So anyway, hey, I'm here tonight. If you want uh, the teaching, I do have a teaching series. It's called Come and Dine. It's back there. It's the 3CD series. And uh, get the magazine if you'd like to pray for our ministry and if you want this book, Beloved, it's back there. It's a great, great read on the love of the Father. It's, it's a meal you can go over again and again and again. and It will astonish you. It will astonish you. And then this little book, which I like, it's called The Value of the Treasure, Experiencing God's Unconditional Love and Acceptance of You. Men, you ought to go over this with your wife. Read it together. Highlight it. won't take very long. And then after you finish it, read it again. Tell your wife, uh, sweetheart, you didn't get it yet. Let's read it again. And then, uh, then read it again. But swallow it. you got to swallow the love of the Father. Praise the Lord. You all glad you came out tonight? Are we all finished? Okay, okay praise the Lord. Thank you. Wasn't that wonderful? Thank you so much, Pastor Keith. Um, guys, like he was saying, he has wonderful products in the back. Like Pastor Mike always says, clear out his table. Buy everything that he has. Um, if you did not get a chance to give uh, to his ministry tonight, but you would like to, anytime in any of our offerings, all you have to do is just...